0: Can we give it up to the worship team real quick? If you notice, there's a bunch of girls out there, so if you're single and you're musically inclined, what a great place to be. (laughs) Um, Like Kristen said, my name is Alberto Lopez, uh, one of the few Hispanics who can't roll his R's. I serve here on the campus ministry side of things, and it's an honor and it's a privilege to be with you. Uh, If you're new here, welcome out, we want to get connected with you. We want to make this place uh, your home. So if this is your first time here, please don't be in any of our sleeves. In fact, there's a connection card. Can somebody hold one up? There's a connection card, there it is. Fill that thing out, put your email address, put your phone number, and we want to keep you updated with what's going on, because we're always doing awesome things. Uh, And In fact, if you don't really know what's going on, but you've been coming here for a while, Go ahead and fill one out, update your email, update your phone number, because we want to keep you connected. All right, so actually, before we get into this, I believe in giving honor where honor is due and as you can see, Pastor Peter is not with us he's actually in Midland, Texas preaching the word to our Spanish congregation, so if you think about him pray for him Uh, not because he's preaching, but because he's in Midland and uh, if you've ever been in Midland, you know what I'm talking about Uh, so Peter, uh, we love you we're thinking about you Um, and praying for safe travels actually, I I love Pastor Peter, fun story about him I'm talking about him uh, about a year ago, around this time, he had asked me to, uh, to teach a class on the gospel uh, for our membership class. And I was like, oh yeah, easy, the gospel. I don't really need to go for that. And so in my mind, I thought I had like 45 minutes of awesome material. But when I communicated it, it translated to like 15 minutes of like randomness. And I was like, hey, and I felt so bad because Pastor Peter trusted me with teaching this class and I felt like I messed it up. And I went up to Pastor Peter and I said, I'm sorry, bro, I really messed it up. Uh, And in truth, Peter you stand fast and he said, what are you talking about, bro? Uh, Some of y'all heard that before. No matter how bad you mess up or you fail, he always makes you feel awesome. Um, And I'm like, I messed it up. He's like, don't worry about it, you'll have next time. He can clean it up next time. And so what I saw in that moment, was a man who not only understood grace, but he lived out grace. Uh, and he showed me how loving and compassionate our Heavenly Father is uh, in that. And so, Pastor Peter, we're thankful for you that you shepherd us, and we're better because of you. Can we give it up for Pastor Peter? All right, so let's just jump straight into this. These past eight weeks, we've been in this series going through Colossians called um, All and All. Nice. And we have been unpacking this book, chapter by chapter, verse by verse, seeing what God is communicating to us through the Apostle Paul and how we can practically apply it to our lives. Uh, If if you've missed out on a couple of these sermons, they're all online, but where we find ourselves today is in this awesome culminating moment where Paul is telling us to put on Christ if we've been made alive in him. So that's where we're gonna pick up is in chapter three, verse 12 through 17. So if you can stand with me to honor his word, We'll pick up in verse 12. It says, Put on them as God's chosen ones. I I don't have it by memory. Dang it. No, there you (laughs) go. There you go. 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 As God's chosen ones, holy and beloved, compassionate hearts, kindness, humility, meekness, and patience. So if you've been made alive in Christ, if you're a born again Christian, if you're in relationship with Him, Paul is saying, Put on compassionate hearts, kindness, humility, meekness, patience bearing with one another. And if one has complaint against one another, forgive each other as the Lord has forgiven you, so you must also forgive. And above all of these things, put on love, which binds everything together in perfect harmony. And let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts, to which indeed you were called in one body, and be thankful. Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, teaching and admonishing one another in all wisdom, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs with thankfulness in your heart to God. And whatever you do, whatever you do, in word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus. I'm going to see you. What we see Paul calling us to live up to in the scripture uh, is to pursue holiness, to live up to this standard that Christ is. And so what I want to do with the remaining time that I have with you is I want to show you how we pursue this behavior, this lifestyle, this type of Christianity by first embracing two things. And one, that's the gospel truth, and two, that's a gospel community. Will you pray with me? Father, thank you so much for your word. Thank you, God, that it is alive, it is active, uh, that we can still draw to it and be confident, God, that it will change us from the inside out. It will never be the same, God, and everything we need is in Christ Jesus. It's in your holy name we pray, God. Amen. So like I said, we see in Colossians chapter 3, Paul is calling us to be loving to be compassionate, to be patient, to be kind. And if I can be honest with you, that's really, really difficult for me sometimes. Like, uh, there's certain people that, that make me kind of get impatient, my little sister. Uh, there's certain people I don't want to be kind to, the guy that cut me off in traffic. And sometimes I just don't feel like loving. Um, and so what we see in the scriptures that Paul's calling us essentially to be more like Christ, to pursue godliness. But I think sometimes what ends up happening in our Christianity is that we can get really good at, like, unpacking verses like these and, and define, man, what, is, what, is, what does love look like? Like, what does it mean to love? Or what does patience look like? And we can open up a dictionary. We can do a little Google search and see what that looks like and then modify our behavior to that. But what we end up happening is that if all we do is modify our behavior and not deal with the specific sin issue that's causing us to be impatient, not kind, and not loving, we'll eventually go back to being impatient and not kind and not loving. And so in order to fully grasp how we, how we live out this lifestyle, we kind of need to take a step back and see what Paul saying. So I'm going to quickly recap Colossians chapter 1 and chapter 2. I, I, love, I love this, this book. Uh, it's a prison letter written by Paul to a church that he's never visited, to a church that he's never been to. Um, and I think that in and of itself is why Paul is better than us. Like, let's think about this. Like, if I was thrown in prison, I'm not going to write, Dear 421 Springtown, Church of the Springs. I hear y'all are falling away from No, I'm going to call my mom and cry. <laughs> But what we see Paul doing here is he's writing this this letter to a church he's never visited that's fresh in the faith, it's young, established on the gospel, and yet at some point in that church's journey, it falls away from the gospel and some weird teaching doctrine slips in that a lot of us are familiar with. Instead of living their lives fully rooted in the gospel, in the finished work of Christ, now what this church is essentially doing is saying, Yeah, we have Jesus, but we also need to do good works to save ourselves and to show people that we're saved, essentially. And what Paul is saying in these first two chapters that sets us up for chapter 3 is what I believe is saying three things. Number one is that Jesus is awesome. Like, awesome. Uh, He's saying that the fullness of God dwells in Christ, Great and here's the reason why this is awesome, because that means, like Scott said earlier, I'm complete in Christ, all the validation, all the affirmation, all the approval, all the happiness, joy, security that I'm looking for in a thousand different places, in a thousand different spaces, I can find it in the person of Christ, so I don't have to run off uh, to X, Y, and Z to, to prove my worth, to be validated and affirmed. I can find it in Jesus. And then He takes it a step further. He says, "Not only are you delivered, or not, not only are you complete in Christ, you're fully delivered from your sin." That's awesome. So there's nothing else that I need to do to fully deliver myself from the wages. Uh, the, the, the wages of sin, which is death. Jesus did all that for me. And this is what the cross is about. And this is what Paul is pulling everyone back to. And so oftentimes we find ourselves in that position. I get saved. I'm sanctified. But now let me let me work out my salvation because uh, I have to do good works and do good things so God can approve of me. And what Paul is saying, no. Like, you're going to be messy, it's going to be dirty, you're going to mess up a lot, but this is what the cross is all about. God foreknew that this is how it was going to play out, and even while you were still a sinner, he died for you. And because of his death and resurrection, now I'm fully alive in Christ, I'm complete in him, and I don't need to look to anything else to give me worth, value, I don't need to look to anything else to deliver me from the bondage of sin, I'm in Christ. And so we see the first two chapters set that up, and then we take a turn at chapter 3. So if you have your Bibles or or your phone or you don't have a Bible app, Google Colossians chapter 3. And we're going to kind of run through these a little bit because it's what sets us up for this scripture. So we get to Colossians chapter 3, and Paul's saying, in light of all of this, in light of being alive in Christ, being complete in Him, and on top of that, He has authority and control over everything, set your mind on Christ. Like, quit thinking about all the earthly stuff. Like, that stuff doesn't matter. It's not going to fulfill you. It's not going to satisfy you. It's not going to deliver you from your problems. Set your mind on Christ. Set your heart on Christ. Set your thoughts on Jesus and how amazing he is and how wonderful he is and how beautiful he is. And then in that next portion of scripture, in verse 5, it says, Then put sin to death. That awesome. I don't want us to miss the order of this. He's saying, set your mind on Christ, then put this, then put sin to death. Not put sin to death, so I can set my mind on Christ. We don't look, we don't put to death what is below, so that we can see that which is above. We look to that which is above, so we can put to death what is below. Because there's nothing in me that can defeat the power of sin. If I wage war against my sin with sin, guess who wins? Sin wins every stinking time. But if I set my mind on Christ, who delivered me from the power of sin, who calls me more than a conqueror, who says stuff like, yeah, in this world, you're going to have trouble. It's going to get a little messy. But take heart, I've overcome the world. Then I can overcome my sin through Christ Jesus. So if, if I've been born again, if I'm in relationship with God, if I'm alive in Christ, I set my mind on Him. I set my mind on Him, and then I put to death everything else around me. And then the next portion of Scripture, which we're going to unpack, it says, put on Christ. We, we, we don't take off what is unrighteous without putting on what is righteous. And so as we begin to embrace this, that that God is awesome, Jesus is awesome, I'm more than a conqueror, you know the promises, they all still stand. That's who I am in Christ. Well, I'm going to set my mind on that. I'm going to put sin to death. And then this affection, this truth, is what motivates me, what drives me to be loving, to be compassionate, to be more like Christ. We set our minds on Christ, we put on Christ, and we do this by embracing the gospel. And so this kind of brings me to point one, the gospel truth, or, or truth about the gospel, uh, that if we can get anchored in our souls, will help us pursue godliness, will help us pursue Christian maturity, will help us be more like Jesus. And so here, here here's one. Uh, that I have to constantly remind me of Remind myself of, I mean Is that the gospel not only saves me It sustains me Alright The gospel not only saves you It sustains you uh, When I was a freshman I came to know Christ I, I, I heard this wonderful news uh, that the, the good news that, that God became man in Jesus Christ He lived the life I should have lived Died the death I should have died Um, rose again from the dead three days later proving that he is God and if I put my my faith my trust in him I'll have not only eternal life but that relationship with God that makes me complete I ate that up I was like yes Uh, let's do it man how much does it cost everything I'm just kidding Uh, and, 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 and I was excited gospel saved me, but then somewhere in my freshman year, I began to slip into this thought that that's kind of like moralistic deism, like doing the right thing because like you're around godly people, like I'm not going to cuss, I'm not going to drink, I'm not going to do X, Y, and Z because I'm around Christians now, instead of developing like my convictions and my behavior from a a deep-rooted, meaningful relationship with Christ. And what I found happened happen is that I was trying to do everything on my own efforts. Instead of looking to Jesus and looking to the gospel, which not only saves me, sustains me. Because the same grace of God that, that brought us into the family is the same grace that keeps us in the family. He's not letting you go. As the author of Hebrews says, Jesus is the author and perfecter of my faith. So what I can see from that is that he started this thing and he's going to finish it. And regardless of how messy it looks, I continue to look to Jesus and draw from his strength and not my own until I see his truth become active in my life. And I think it's really easy sometimes to, to say something like that and maybe you're thinking, like, oh, I've done that before. Well, um, do it again. <laughs> do it again. Um, I'm on campus a lot evangelizing. And I share the gospel with, uh, with, with students. And, and one thing that I hear a lot sometimes is... is Uh, Students say stuff like, I I went to church, I did the Jesus thing, it just didn't work out. And uh, in my mind, I'm like, well, what were you doing? Like, I look at the Bible and anyone who has an awesome encounter with God never leaves the same again. And putting your faith in Jesus and working that out, you'll never be different. And so I kind of liken it like this, like say say you and I, uh, we both have... Gym memberships, the Gold's gyms over there. Yeah. And uh, every Sunday morning at 10 a.m., we wake up and we go to the gym together. Now, you go straight to the weight room and you start pumping iron and doing the thing. I go straight to the sauna and watch Disney Channel for an hour and a half. <laughs> and say we do this for like six months straight. Like, oh man, I'm going, going to the gym every every Sunday and I'm, and I'm doing the thing. Well, six months pass by, you're getting toned, you're getting lean, you're getting fit, and I'm like a shriveled raisin. <laughs> like, what, what, what's the difference there? Is that you're, you're practically working out your faith. Like, I don't go to the gym, as uh, you can tell. Uh, I don't go to the gym and say, I worked out once, man, it's not for me. Look at me, it doesn't work. Why do we do that with our Christianity? We take the promises of God. We take these truths of God. And we look to Jesus and meditate on it and wrestle with it until it becomes truth in our hearts. And the things uh, that once caused me to sin and stumble don't cause me to sin and stumble no more. Because I've let Christ into my heart. And we continue to look to Jesus in all that we do. The gospel not only saves us the gospel grows us and so how do we grow in holiness? Just like I said, we, we look to Jesus. What I, what I love about the Bible, what, what I love about the scriptures is that it pretty much covers, covers everything um, in fact, uh, I believe in Hebrews it says that, that Jesus uh, went through every single temptation so that he knew essentially what we were going through and, and and be there for us, and so if we can look to the gospel and look to Jesus and all that we do, slowly God will begin to grow us and mold us to be more like Christ. Like if you're dealing with shame, we look to Jesus. Like I look to Jesus, and I see the way Jesus navigated a conversation with a Samaritan woman, and said, "Yeah, it, it's true. Like you do have six husbands. You kind of stink." And uh, and and everybody else has outcasted you, but I love you, and you're precious to me, and I forgive you because I'm awesome. <laughs> and that and, and that's who Jesus is in my life. You know, if, if I'm if I'm struggling with um, I don't know provision, I look to Jesus, who took like. A kid's Lunchable And fed 5,000 people God, he can do it He's more than enough If, if, if I'm struggling with forgiveness I, I look to Jesus Who is being crucified on a cross Who said, Father, forgive them For they know not what they do And I look to Jesus And I get those truths into my heart Until I'm changed from the inside out because anybody in this room can become loving. Anybody in this room can become patient and compassionate, like that scripture says. Yeah. But it's a totally, it carries a totally different weight when it flows from being in an intimate relationship with God. Because it's compassion, it's love, it's mercy that flows from the inside out. From true change. We look to Jesus. We embrace the gospel first. And this flows as a result from being made alive in Christ. So let's look at point number two a little bit. Gospel community. What is a gospel community? Well, this is a gospel community. Uh, A fellowship of believers who are actively and intentionally pursuing being more like Christ. There's something so special about that that I still can't wrap my mind around, that God honors. He honors family that's on mission together. He honors discipleship. He honors relationship. And what's so cool about a, a, a community, a growth group, relationships, whatever it is, is that as we begin to surround ourselves around people in the faith, several things happen. One, we realize Man, at least I'm not as bad as that dude over there. I'm just kidding. Uh, no. we, we realize that, that, that we're all in the same journey. That we all have the same struggles. And that we all need Jesus. And so better to, to, to go to, to war together than to battle alone. As we begin to surround ourselves around a community of believers, we can, we can create a space for what James says. You know, confess sin to one another so that you can be healed. So that we can encourage and uplift each other in the faith, as we begin to surround ourselves in a in a a gospel community, you begin to see, man, that person makes me a a bit angry, gets on my nerves, annoys me, frustrates me. Insert X, Y, and Z. And what we see is that there's a place in our heart that needs to be conformed to the image of God. And unless we surround ourselves around people, we'll always think that we have it figured out and that we're awesome. And we're not. Jesus is awesome. And Jesus wants to change us from the inside out. As we uh, begin to embrace a gospel community, we can go on this journey and this mission together of embracing these truths and walking it out together. And I think one of the things that was so Influential for me that was that helped me grow in holiness and pursuing pursuing holiness and 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 grow not physically but you know what uh, I'm saying. Was was going to Bible study like five times a week. I got saved as a freshman and I and, and they were like, dude, we got Bible studies every day. And in my mind, that meant that there was a different Bible study going on every day. So by the time Thursday came, I had the answers memorized, man. I was given the most spiritual responses. I was like, what did Chris Jackson say on Monday? Oh, yeah. Uh, so just surrounding yourself in, in a community of, of, of believers. And so what that did for me is that it, it, it allowed me to just get around people. who who knew more than me, who who were uh, intentional about investing in me and and showing me the word and uh, introducing me to to books and resources, stuff that I would have honestly never found on my own. And so as we begin to embrace that community of, of believers together, we can begin to pursue holiness, Christian maturity, what Paul calls us to live out. So we grow in these things by number one, embracing the gospel, the finished work of Christ, what He accomplished for us, and two by doing it together on mission. Now maybe you're in here today, and uh, and and you found yourself like, "Man, I've been I've been trying to do these things, and it, and it's just not working out." Maybe we have some things out of order, and and what I want to uh, call you and encourage you to is, is set your mind on Christ first and foremost and look how awesome he is and from that place we put sin to death uh, I've heard one guy say that, that, that sin loses its grasp on our hearts when God is a greater delight than sin it's like you're not going to come home and eat crackers and you've got a T-bone steak on the table and sin, we're not going to want to entertain sin when we see how amazing and beautiful God is. Set our minds on Christ, put sin to death, and then put on Jesus. And the more we can embrace that truth of who God is in our lives, the easier it becomes to be transformed from the inside out through the work of the Holy Spirit. And so, um, as we bring this to a close, um, I want to I pray into this and, and create a safe, uh, a safe space for us to really get one-on-one with God. And so with every eye closed, every head bowed, I want to invite you to embrace the gospel and be alive in Christ. None of this is possible without first and foremost being made alive in Jesus and being in relationship with him. So if you've been trying to pursue holiness apart from God, it's not going to happen. Because it's God who makes us holy and makes us righteous. Uh, If you're in here today and you you, you, you think and you identify with that, um, would you be so bold With, with every eye closed and head bowed to lift up your hand so we can pray into that. Thank you. Father, we 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 love you because you first loved us. And everything that we've ever needed, everything that we've ever wanted is found in you Christ. And so we, we think about you, Jesus, how awesome you are, how amazing you are, even as our eyes are closed and, and, and we're identifying with these specific things that, that, that are barriers, these sin issues. We think about you, Jesus, and how you conquered it, and you overcame, and you give us victory, and you give us life. And God, as we begin to pursue you from that place of being so crazy in love with you, would you give us the grace, the eyes, the boldness to say, no to sin, put it to death, and put you on, Jesus, your righteousness. Father, would you lead us not into temptation, God? Would you deliver us from evil, God? And would you stir our hearts For more of you, Holy Spirit, I pray that you would transform us from the inside out so that we could be what Paul calls us to be, God's chosen people. Compassionate, kind, forgiving, loving, and patient. It's in your precious name I pray. Amen.